and you're listening to the Seventh Reel. This week, Shijining Samurai, Seven Samurai, directed by Akira Kurosawa. My name's and Arvin. I'm Michelle. And I'm Yusuf. <laughs> Arvin, tell us more about this 1954 <laughs> Japanese epic samurai drama film, co-written and edited and directed by Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, why well, were you getting to start off? the wikipedia page you didn't choose no i was just i just wanted to make sure that uh if i we, if we had to read out any cast member names that we don't you think i'm gonna mispronounce it because uh, i'm egyptian a- and when clearly <laughs> i know that toshiro mayphone is starring takashi <laughs> shimura jun I have no idea what Tater. her name is. This is indeed a 1954 classic directed by Akira Kurosawa. This is a sub- this is his first foray into the samurai mm-hmm. genre, and I think he uh, really set a standard with this one. Not just for I think samurai for samurai movies, mm-hmm. but for action movies in general. Yeah. Yusuf, what did you think? This was your pick. I thought Tell it delivered in every aspect. Amount of samurai battles, horses. Yeah, no deaths that's of horses, good. though. That was a close uh, <laughs> Michelle always goes into the movie judging with the criteria. <laughs> how many horses died during production. So <laughs> this one was good. No, I, at first I oh, couldn't you watch the worried. battle scenes because I thought the horses yeah. were going to die. And then I realized mm-hmm. they're not. You're not going mm-hmm. for the horses. I know, but usually like, they just kill them as like, yeah. an afterthought anyway. But I thought I didn't know if it was like... Yeah, that's true. A lack mm-hmm. of funding, why they didn't do it, that they couldn't train the horses or they yeah. couldn't get trained horses. Or it's the fact that they're yeah. farmers fighting, so a horse is actual valuable. Uh, yeah, them. that's true. Then that, That's a good point. Yeah. Michelle, you the should not I watch HBO's up. Luck 2009. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't. So, so uh, I loved it. I There was a lot more comedy in this movie than I expected, and I, I found it like yes. still kind of fresh. I know it's like three and a half hours or something. But it didn't like. I it felt like it earned the uh, the length of the story. It earned that length because I. It really. It's one of those movies where like it's long, but it doesn't feel like it's taking its time. But when but when it does take its time, it's actually incredibly engaging, and you kind of want to just mm-hmm. mount, like kind of just hang in the moment. And you mentioned the comedy aspect. I like how there's a lot of physical comedy, but there's also a lot of um, comedy that comes from the editing mm-hmm. of the film itself. Like the film is, it feels very contemporary in how it cuts from moment to moment. I mean, Lucas stole like the frame white thing for Star Wars, which is I mean just shameless, absolutely shameless. What did you think? Well, did it feel long to you guys? I well certainly. It felt longer than what an average movie now feels like, comparison to something. I uh, I definitely mm-hmm. didn't like leading the the first part. Maybe this is why I didn't like hate the length so much. Is because the first part of the movie in assembling the team, it does so in a way that's sort of mm-hmm. you know predictable and yet fresh and kind of like fun like yes. uh, all the stuff where it's like they're attacking Can- the samurais as they're entering the doorway and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. uh, it, it like the character the guy who uh, ah man i'm gonna be so bad with names during this but the guy who uh, stole you know the the heritage line scroll thing and him being like attacked yes. and then being part of the team and then you know being obviously kind of like a clown like that mm-hmm. that all felt like it wasn't just like 
but then revealed that he he wasn't he's not even a samurai yeah it's like, like in the second act right yeah yeah the child was i love that i was it's because he's always been seen as like the comedic character you don't take him that seriously but then you realize oh no like he this is a man mm. who's seen a lot of pain and experienced a lot of pain and he kind of just hides that away with like yeah, you know, his, rash, his yeah. rashness yeah so um, so my point being is yeah. is like it's just straightforward like oh we're picking a team this is the guy who's good with knives this is the guy who can like you know horse to fly and I, I don't know but you know what I mean <laughs> like it just it had a few more trusts yeah it's, it, you're absolutely right I kept thinking about the Magnificent Seven remake you know the it. one from like 2015 which is it's it's a remake of a remake of a remake the one with Chris Pratt and Denzel Washington mm-hmm. so it's the exact same story of course Magnificent mm-hmm. Seven is like a remake of Seven Samurai but uh, it's in the movie the problem with these like yeah. oh I'm gonna I'm putting together a team is when everybody that they show is trying to be like the coolest guy <laughs> none of them really stand out because they're all like vying to be like the coolest guy and their only trait is like look how badass I am at shooting I mean, things and you know that the guy he had like a, a spotted top and he the long face and he's the one who kills like two samurai he like walks back in he's like two down oh yeah that, yeah he was i didn't think he was like one. acting though i think he was just like doing him he didn't seem like <laughs> i don't know he wasn't like showing off about it. he was just doing his job i also <laughs> think he was like the yeah. you know the the wicked mm. witch in the wicked <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a little bit his very face. angular features yeah. and he's and also i think that, um one re- really interesting mm-hmm. aspect and i'm glad i watched this a little bit older when i was a little bit older and kind of understand mm-hmm. a little bit about japanese history is that there's a lot of class uh, politics going between on between the farmers and the, um, the, the samurai people in the town is yes yeah, not just yeah. the farmers and the bandits but the farmers the summer yes mm-hmm. the people the farmers the peasants and the samurai because what the samurai is effectively serve as they're like medi- medieval knights they're not mm-hmm. there for chivalry or to really protect the kingdom they're there to enforce yeah. the state of like the the social structure social structures so if they're what their actual use mm-hmm. is is putting down civil unrest so if farmers get too angry you know they're getting wow. taxed too much they start rebel they, they want to start rebellion the samurai so are that's why to, they to put they made a down. big deal of him being so like that's why yes mm-hmm. so ronin are summarized without masters so in this case for Kambe, the leader of the samurai, he always, like he mentioned, like I've always, he's always been on the losing side. So mm-hmm. he probably like, you know, his boss probably got murked is probably what happened. And now he's kind of just drifting away, drifting mm-hmm. about with a samurai without a master, therefore a ronin. And that's what makes him kind of easier to hire. And I think for him, like he finally sees this as an opportunity to fight for something that's mm-hmm. actually worthwhile. I didn't get, you know, the bit when they mm-hmm. like find the armor of all the samurais and it was like mm-hmm. implied that the farmers yes. mm-hmm. killed them. I did mm-hmm. not get the significance. Like, what? why would they do that? It's resources, right? Like, you know, the, these peasants, I think for, there's already there's I think they've already explained that there's a very there's a very uh, thick layer of resentment that the peasants already hold to the samurai. So, you know, if if they're if they see samurai running from or, you know probably deserters or running from a losing battle, mm-hmm. they see it as justification to kind of maybe murder them and take their stuff or they but just why, just why like they pick they it off that, the battlefield. Why would they do that, but they don't attack the bandits? Yeah, but how, how did they trained? get the samurai? Yeah, but they still right. kill the samurai. Yeah, how do you kill a samurai if you're not trained? Well, if... Maybe the samurai were yeah, wounded well, severely. I don't think it's implied that... they yeah. happened to stumble upon this other mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, they stumble upon them like it's or like, vultures. Or is it like, on, like carcasses, they just right? found the graves of them and oh maybe 
that's true that can also yes or maybe yeah so that, mm. i love i love all that stuff and it's for an action movie for a pretty like you know maybe it's just like it's been this is the template this essentially this movie essentially set the template for i guess a good 60 or 70 yeah. percent of how action movies play out right no, but like, like that's, oh that's a prop because <laughs> most action I, films honestly, are yes. just they sensationalize Garbage. the actual action mm-hmm. but this puts emotion yes. and that's why in but, the yeah. action which justifies the action and moves mm-hmm. it forward in the plot where like marvel mm-hmm. it's just like an hour of destroying a city that's basically new york for the sake of what <laughs> i generally don't know i get bored <laughs> that's absolutely right because like i was about to say like even like this is like supposedly a template this imbues like the story like the actual like you know quest of so much humanity and like little personal conflicts like that it really elevates it beyond mm-hmm. everything that comes afterwards so you rarely actually um, see people getting stabbed or hurt or whatever it's mostly or, implied yeah. like sometimes mm-hmm. it's not but at the same time you know exactly mm-hmm. who dies i, mean, yeah, I think it's like he it's a very clarity in people because who dies is very important to the actual like outcome of like this this particular situation right because i love how like this you know in you those big action movies there's it's always like a horde of men charging another horde of men but in this one the stakes are set very very clearly there's like maybe 20 or 30 bandits and there's the village and every single time a bandit dies they had they cross it off the chart they cross it up the chart mm-hmm. you're always like and because they have to and then like only because they can keep track of who like the the amount of bandits that are still remaining they can make the decision like okay let's let them in we they're like they're whittled down enough so we can actually take them on head on and there's like these little logistics and at the same time the horror of brutality of the violence even though it's relatively bloodless film i still feel like it's very mm. the violence is very visceral a lot of it's implied but when it is shown it's quite i think people and i think this is this is a, this is a running train in a lot of kurosawa's movies people die in very like extravagant but drawn out ways you really get the fact that yeah this, this guy is dead I know, but it's not sensational. Yeah, like the the sound cuts out, and then it's Mm -hmm. like just you hear the wind or something, and the leaves, and and then you yeah yeah well they mm. slow it down like the the first guy who dies mm. when he stumbles out and he just yeah. slowly yeah. falls to the floor good stuff good stuff i was thinking about the uh what did you what did you think about the comedic elements do you does do you think feel like that's like a t- more timeless element or do you feel like it's a little bit too cartoonish i'm i think the only real comedic element is like toshiro mufune's character right the the peasant turn yeah when he falls off around. the horse and uh and the jokes are of like yeah <laughs> uh, you know make love to your wife tonight stuff like that <laughs> this is a movie with a lot despite the trend like it's a you were watching mm-hmm. the subtitles this is a movie with a lot of good lines i love the way the summarized communicate with each other there's this like there's this level of respect and wistfulness mm. in like your conversation especially the, between the elders the older samurai like the leader and like his his more second hand second in hand command and the men who have actually seen the hardship they treat this like a a job i love the matter of fact way they approach the situation not like well, no, mm. we're not in this for like glory we're here to do a job and their lives and then by the end is re- you know the ending is surprisingly somber they say well the yeah that's so that's my question like um why does he say that they didn't win but the it's the peasants who won like they lost is it because they lost four guys and so to him losing anyone is a well they acted yeah, on I, behalf of them. yeah 
the peasants, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, their wins yes, yes, has because, no actual mm-hmm. effect yes. on their life. They didn't get any pain uh, yes. from it. They just got the experience mm-hmm. of fighting. Or doing a good act, I think. I, I, I see, it's, it's, of course, here's like, okay, the, the literal loss that they suffered, like, you know, they got whittled down to three of them. But also, I think from, like, the leader's points of view, from Kanbei's point of view, he sees it's like, oh, for the very first time, we're, this bloodshed is for, not for the sake of fighting for politics or or you know his lord or his master but for the little people for the peasants for the i think in this is to him the first time he's ever taken up the sword for something that's actually worthwhile and even though it came at a cost he realizes that no this is we shouldn't root like for ourselves this isn't our victory this is for life like because i think this is all juxtaposed right with the, the planting they're singing it's harvesting or they're planting they're not, they're not har- they're not harvesting they're planting the new crop mm-hmm. for the year right and that's life and their birth like that's the lives these peasant leads and for the samurai it's mm-hmm. death i think the movie makes it very clear that what they do is killing people like this is their job this is their role their entire they train their entire lives to do just this and yeah that's why i think there's this melancholy as he sees like oh i can, I'm ne- I can never be part of this world i'm not meant for and nor am i really meant for it and and i think that's also emphasized by the younger samurai's relationship with the peasant girl right mm-hmm. like the way the villagers completely freak out like this is not your place you should not be hanged like these are not people who should mingle you belong in different worlds so yeah that's why that's what my, my, my interpretation upon watching the ending yeah well, that's very interesting can we talk about i the did i did love the soundtrack, soundtrack. i really did mm. enjoy it it's like one main theme, and they by using uh, by playing it with different instruments, it lists yeah. it lists like different moods, right? But it's all. It's I love when the movie. flag I, is I like uh, when he hangs up it's the like, flag, and then the music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it switches to trumpets. They switch it to trumpets. It's so good. Like the victory, the military. Like oh, oh it's so great. It's it's the same theme. Like it just a minute earlier, it's played and it's with a different instrument. I think with Japanese like yeah, instruments. Yeah, I was curious about Some... if they were using Japanese instruments or not because a lot of it sound like a bassoon, mm-hmm. which is not an instrument mm-hmm. used very often. But it it's like a low thing. So wow, they call Indian like westerns curry western. Oh yes, so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a little tangent, mm. but yeah, Japanese curry, we call it Western curry. It's much mm. less uh, strong taste. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying I found like a legacy of the movie on how it affected like different other movies. And then I just found like oh. Sholei, 1975, a curry Western Indian this- film. Or- I've never yeah, heard, I've of heard of Sholei. Curry Western? Oh my god, I literally thought you guys were talking oh, about curry. No, I was just talking about like, uh, others, like spaghetti westerns, no. which curry I guess West- in a way is also curry kind Western. of weird. <laughs> curry Western. Sholei is, is the film I've been wanting to oh, watch. Oh, really? Yeah? Yeah, it's meant to be one of the greatest mm. like Indian films. Mm-hmm. Um, we should give that a go. But, yeah. but it's, it's also mm. long, so that's why I put it up. Did you guys notice how all the samurai in his movie? Oh, I didn't. I know, I didn't notice. They all, none of them lose a sword fight or oh. got shot by arrow or stabbed or anything. They all get mowed down by the guns, which I think is, is an indication because yeah. that's how the samurai fell. Essentially, yeah, right? like they the last the old traditional ways. Does, and does that include the one who isn't technically a samurai? Because I thought he died by a sword. No, he got shot. He got shot through the door, right? Because the oh, bandit, I thought he got stabbed. It, it, I lo- no, no, no. He got shot. I thought like, I saw. I love. And I love how they keep track, like. How many guns are involved is like a legitimate plot point in the movie. I love that. Like this just boils every the stakes down to like very understandable. It's like there's three guns. They got one, and like mm-hmm. the bandit leader has two, so he shoots the last two samurai, and they're like, oh, I'm like it all tracks. I was um, curious that because 
it's such a mm-hmm. epic film that obviously it would have mm-hmm. cost a lot of money. That was the black and white a choice, or was it, or like they just hmm. t- cheaper? I don't know. I don't actually know. I've just... I think I'm. I think he might have. Uh, knowing Kurosawa's films, I think black the and white was. But he's always he always prefers in black and white because Ron is like his first color film. He made a big deal about it. Um, that was like in the seventies. So I think he's always preferred he prefers to work in black and white. I think mm-hmm. it, I think because he plays with light so much. Also, the the landscapes are very wooden or like muddy anyway, mm-hmm. so it's, it'll be very brown and neutral tones. So I guess mm-hmm. it wouldn't make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like the way he plays with I think shadow is so interesting. My favorite shot in the movie is when uh, the bandits are, have arrived and they. Re- Realize that the old village elder is staying in his house. He's refusing to abandon, and it just cuts to him. It's just him sitting in the house, and the way he's lit, just this like lonely silhouette by the window. It's achingly beautiful. I thought it was. <laughs> it's, I was like, wow, he came up with this. Like, what was oh. so strange for me is that how easily the the old people could move. <laughs> like they could easily <laughs> sit on the floor. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like a whole like, ass. <laughs> that's not something that like people do <laughs> in the West. Really. Yeah, everyone's too fat to do that though. no it's also that the, like it's, it's like... not in the culture to mm. sit on the floor a lot so yeah. their muscles ah. aren't, and ligaments aren't used mm. in that way so they seize up and it becomes mm. harder to that do makes, yeah. oh wow so uh that should we sense. uh should we take mm-hmm. a break we'll be right back and we're back we're back now to my personal favorite segment <laughs> what did roger ebert say you said what take it did... away so Roger Ebert uh, gave this movie four stars out of four. Loves this movie, as you could uh, probably expect. He thinks that the trope of like uh, introducing a main character and uh, him doing some sort of side quest that has no point, you know, uh, or is related to the main plot, started here. He thinks it's like a Greek tragedy. This movie. He definitely gives it a lot of credit. He said he clarifies that it's considered too western. Uh, some Japanese critics uh, say, but but um, he does not think so. It all it's just it's one of those boring reviews because he just really likes it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's nothing really Absol- to like. Oh my god! Just onto, his you know? last paragraph validates my. Mm-hmm. my oh oh my, really? My, my tangent. Yeah, the yeah. many characters die in Seven Samurai, but violence and action are not the point of the movie. It is more about duty and social roles. The samurai at the that end have right. lost four of their seven, yet there are no complaints because that is the samurai's lot. The villagers do not much want the samurai around once the bandits are gone because armed men are a threat to order. That is the nature mm-hmm. of society. That's- I actually love Roger Ebert's reviews because they encompass so much more than just yeah. the doing this podcast and listening to what he actually has to say is like I'm like oh yeah there's a reason why he is like considered like the godfather of general mm. film criticism and he searches for the message which you know yeah I'd like to see the AV Club do that <laughs> <laughs> the AV Club used to be the good. AV Club used to be good no I okay. think someone bought them uh, like. Now even even the website looks like a really trashy blog. Yeah. Really bad. Everything's moved to Vulture. Oh yes. Yeah. So New York Magazine's Vulture. So Roger Ebert says, 
this is good and this, uh, yes so we our opinions are all validated <laughs> you know honestly the best roger ebert uh, uh reviews tend to be the ones that are uh, movies that you didn't expect uh to be good mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's mm. I, I find now w- what have we watched this week who wants to start i'll start all righty um i have not watched anything okay <laughs> <laughs> i just watched another cameron uh, national parks and oh that's nice it, yeah. still i'm probably gonna check that out then i watched into the inferno because michelle mm-hmm. uh hyped it up so well and uh made me so pumped to watch it and uh i watched it twice and then I watched um, a episode of this show called Legion by the guy who did Fargo, the TV oh, show. Oh, the one dance, the X-Men thing. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so. No? I heard it's good. I, can't, I, I, really? I think I got through the first episode and then I didn't watch any more of it. Well, so. that's a sign that it might not be fantastic, I feel <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, I'm gonna try something else. Maybe I'll try uh, Queen's Gambit again. I couldn't get through it. Or um, I like that it was when she kept into like the second or third episode of I Queen's that's... Gambit. Yeah, that's better. Hmm. Okay then, the Queen's Gambit it is. My third option was Better Call Saul. That's still good. To try to watch that. I haven't seen it. I've seen the first. I think two seasons. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I think it's a worthy follow-up to Breaking Bad, if just because how different it is from Breaking Bad. It's actually mm-hmm. quite interesting. Um, uh, oh, well, you know what I did watch is uh, two seasons of The Office, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I really think uh, it stays good up until season seven, which is insane. I didn't remember that. I thought it got worse, like by five or six. Uh huh. I feel it's still that's uh, good. Then I again, didn't really like the first season, to be honest. No, I always skip over those when I rewatch it. I'm like, I uh, started yeah. the third or something. So the second's alright. Yeah, it probably is. I just, I, 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 they, they all look much better, much healthier, and like <laughs> way more money is being poured into it by the third season. Yeah. Uh, Arvin, what have you watched? Um, I watched Ted mm. Lasso. Is that good? deceptively good like you approach because it's it's so funny how it is sprung from jason sudeikis is like i think like snl character or something like that he did oh, for NBC. Really? he created this nbc it, yeah this character when he was like doing working for nbc and it's um it's it's almost like like he plays like the ideal american um <laughs> he's like folksy like from kansas and like very on, like tr- on like um, emotionally honest, and then he's paired in like a very you know dry and sarcastic British environment. So basically, the premise is um, he is a American football coach who got hmm. hired to coach a British soccer team, even though he has has zero understanding of the game. Um, but he takes the job anyways, and he it's about him just trying to get the team together. It's like you know he falls into pretty generic sports hmm. drama fear, sure, but sure. but. The jokes are good. Some of the jokes, when it's, when the jokes are good, it's good. And when the character arc, like character beats, start kicking in, they're surprisingly competent. The other TV show I watched was the second, first episode of the second season of For All Mankind. Um, this is a show about uh, 
uh, an alternative history if Russia landed on the moon first. And, and then it, oh. spiral, it spirals into like, well, what if this, you know, American t- Americans took the space race seriously because, you know, they got to beat Russia. And it, spuns, it spins into this alternative 1980s history where there's like a lunar base in America in, on the moon right now. Um, mm. Yeah, it's quite good. It's uh, created mm. by I, Ronald Moore. Ronald D. Moore. He's the guy who made Battlestar Galactica and Outlander. Um, and I think this is a show that marries uh, both of what those shows excel in, like, interesting high concept it's a high concept but with very human stakes um, I, I recommend it i recommend yeah. those shows yeah mm. that's I, I think that's all i've watched okay well yeah. let's do recommendations let's recommendations then. michelle what would, there you go first what would you recommend i mean i was gonna i thought i mentioned it already so i wasn't gonna recommend it but uh rashomon which is one of mm-hmm. other films which is maybe one of my favorite films Mm-hmm. like it's just really good it's just something happens and then each person has to relay the story and how they perceived it and it's all different ways that it happened and it's an hour and a half the perfect length it really is but it's also i'm i'm gonna do two because i was gonna make yeah. anyway um is lady snowblood which is completely mm-hmm. different to this um oh. which is like the one i think it influenced kill bill it's mm. better than um, kill bill <laughs> and it's way better than kill bill and it's just really cool and just i can't do it justice explaining it you just need to watch it arvin what are you uh if you want to see like a more contemporary take on the severed samurai formula uh bugs life yes bugs life i was about to say i just it just occurred to me it literally just snapped from that bugs life is seven samurai it's crazy um no uh 13 assassins directed by takashi miike who did who did uh, he, he started like a hundred or so films um very very mm. influential japanese director but this is essentially seven samurai but taken to it's this ludicrous violent uh violent extreme and yeah it's the same premise like these samurai they're well no it's actually no it's, it's a bit different it's about these 13 samurai who will ambush a lord's convoy in this town so the entire movie like the, it's very similar in structure in that the first half is all just set up it's like how do you mm. get to, like getting getting the crew together, getting the place, getting everything set up, and the second half is mm. just and not almost hour long, ah, oh, like nonstop sequence of carnage. But it's still very uh. at the same time. It's so you know if you want to turn your brain off and watch and watch like a summer summer where you don't have to keep track of um, as many I don't I don't know of like you know what the more slower scenes. What thirteen is, is more than seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 13 is more than 7 um, it's a hell of a ride mm. and it has kind of similar s- things to say as 7 Samurai but this one's a lot more blunt about it you don't have to read into mm. things as much uh, they kind of state these things out loud um, another I don't. I'm trying to think of like maybe another recommendation I could put. No, I only get two. No. All right, all right, all right. You mm-hmm. can't do like a sentence summary. You have to do a ten minute <laughs> summary. So I'm sorry. Yusuf, go. <laughs> uh, my, my recommendation is Jim Jarmusch's version of a samurai movie, which is Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai, starring Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> so uh, is it any you good? Check that out. Like well, I'm, you're recommending I, it, of course. But it's, yeah, like... I, I, I'm a fan of uh, his style, and I know you are, Arvin. I know you like his meditative, slower-paced yes. kind of. Oh, is uh, it like that? Is it, is this like Patterson? Style. 
Yeah, all his movies are like that. All his movies are like barely anything. <laughs> I couldn't get through Broken Flowers, and I absolutely. Oh really? Yeah, wow. I don't know why. I just can't get past the first ten minutes. I've tried like five mm. times. Well, have you seen like um, what's the one with Tom Waits? Down by Law. No. I I think that I've seen. That I think kind I've of... seen Dead Man. That's the other one I've seen. Oh, that one I haven't seen actually. Johnny but, Depp. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. What? Wait, is he dead? No, but his career is. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Strange guy. Did you read that Rolling Stones article on him? Oh, yeah, I did. It's I did. Insane. And I read it. I read it at. Uh, remember, we were in Dom, at Dom's birthday or something. Oh, yeah. In like some Korean restaurant. And I was on my phone reading it and like. <laughs> telling people like he spent this much on wine can you believe it and some girl was like uh yeah okay <laughs> uh, so i have a very vivid memory of that day. i was about to say that's a very visceral recollection <laughs> yeah because when it came out i was like blown away by it and everyone was like oh, okay cool <laughs> Wait, so, so is Forrest Whitaker in Ghost Dog? He's a samurai. He's a, an assassin. Ah, that's dope. So, so like, you follow know, like a samurai code? Yeah, he has a ancient code of the samurai. Ah, oh, that's dope. Okay. By some book or something, like, from, from some book. Mm-hmm. You know. Cool. Oh, it's... Uh, you know what I... No, 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 no. I take my recommendation back. Is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna recommend Le Samurai. <laughs> the remember the French one? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. 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 Michelle, have you heard of this? Le Samurai? It's, it's like so good. It's like drive, but even more abstract and slow. Mmm, really. Well exactly. <laughs> Okay, so let me tell you about the story about this. I have a very special connection with this movie. So yeah. we, Yusuf and I watched this in sophomore year, I believe, in university. And yeah. we were, you know, we, we thought we knew everything. So we decided, like, you know, this is like an RT yeah, French film. Yes, that hasn't changed. This is an RT French film. That's like, just watch it without subtitles. And we can just appreciate it. And we can just appreciate it as a visual medium. <laughs> And then we proceeded to do that and quickly realized that we have no idea what the hell is going on, like 30 minutes in. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like when we watched Macbeth. Yes. It's like when we try to watch Polanski's Macbeth and then spend 10 minutes asking each other which one's Macbeth. <laughs> we can't do it. Good morning. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so, yes, watch the, the Samurai. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, I think. Like I think it's cool worth it. I remember it being very beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. At it the same is, time, yeah. I couldn't figure out anything that's going on. So yeah, no. that's because you need subtitles. Yeah, yeah, and it's good. It's like the movie The Driver. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but I th I think it's either inspired by that or it inspired that like mm -hmm. directly. So, anyways, that's it. And sorry to ramble on. No, no. It brought up a very funny memory. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so um, 
I believe Michelle, Michelle you get to, to have the next pick yeah. for next week's uh, episode. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have in mind? I'm going to stick with this world cinema theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll do a um, a Bergman film, Wild Strawberries. Ooh, Ooh nice. okay. We're getting into the heavy hitters. I don't. I don't think this one. It's not as as heavy. I mean, Bergman is very existential. Yes. So it's, yes. it's mm-hmm. kind of heavy, but like it's not as heavy as. You know, given the name of our podcast, it's about time we approach Bergman. <laughs> well, yeah, I did think that. Yes. Mm. But I'm not gonna start with the seventh reel. No. I Why think this not? is sort of a gentle entry into. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. I haven't seen any Bergman, so this is a good. I think you'll I like wrote it. A gigantic essay on this film. <laughs> uh, on and what films did I use? I used this one, Hour of the Wolf, and another one that I and Persona. And I talked about the the dreams in it because they're very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you said I think you'll enjoy it if you enjoy you'll, you'll like Bergman. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You said, so you said, very much. Yeah. Never very mind. much looking forward to that. Um, thank you all very much for tuning in. We stay safe. We love you all. Oh, love is a bit of a strong word. We appreciate you all. Just... Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> The Seventh Reel is hosted by Yusuf Elbashir, Michelle Hassel, and Argon Huang. Logo created by Sho Kati. And theme song composed by Yehia Elbashir. Thanks for listening.